Let me tell you about some friends of mine and a little place on the fern bank line. A young man's dream and a family's love. Grandpa looking down from above. Welcome to the Between the Bumpers podcast. This is uh, one of my favorite members. I mean, you're all my favorites, but uh, Joe is one of our longtime members. He's been with us since way back in the Garage 1.0. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get you on for a couple of reasons. So I remember near the end of the summer, you said to me, you know what, Sam, I want to get in the gym consistently. I want to make it uh, a part of my routine and you did just that this last month you were able to come in 17 total classes and you made our committed club and you remember the month uh, because you set a goal and you achieved it so a little pat on the back for that Thank um, you. but who is joe carboni for the people who don't know you or don't go to your class time uh i do typically go to 4 15 um so a bit about myself I'm a single father of two. Um, I own my own business doing commercial refrigeration. Not heating, though. Not heating. <laughs> Not really even cooling, just refrigeration. Um, and it's tough to try to make time to get here on time to be at that 415 class every day. And obviously, there's some days that I can't come, but I, I do try. Um, that's for that. Yeah. I, Try to live a pretty simple life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but again, coming to the gym every day has got its own challenges and trying to be consistent. Like I said, I was going to be, uh, that was supposed to be in the fall where it's, it's definitely a struggle to get up over that hump to come consistently where you keep saying you're going to, but it's, it's so tough to get up there and go and keep coming and, and go through the soreness and the and the challenges, but it's very motivating after you do get over that hump. And it's been a month of consistency, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm over the hump yet, but I'm pretty close. Right. And so when you say over the hump, you're talking about making it a habit, making it a routine, making it easy. And it wasn't always, you know, this way. So let me... Let me kind of get a good idea. So for the members that don't know, know you, you're in refrigeration, you're not in heating, you're not in cooling, you're in refrigeration. What does an average day for you look like? Like when you first wake up, what does your day look like? Uh, I try to schedule it the night before, but it, it, it all depends on, you know, what's breaking and what's not. You know, there could be a day where I don't do anything, where I stay at home and do paperwork. Uh, typically, I like to leave around 8 and I finish kind of I like to finish around two but sometimes I finish at eight at night it, it all depends right right but I try to schedule it in so I can get home and then get here to the gym um, that's the nice thing about owning your own company you can kind of kind of <laughs> manipulate that which it's and it's pretty good most of the time 
Um, but emergency comes in, you kind of have to take priority. Mm-hmm. Which it is disappointing. There's like days like yesterday where I, I wanted to come, but I was unable to. And, you know, I want to keep those days up. But sometimes it's just not possible. So let me ask you about something there. Um, you know, one thing that I really thought you did a good job at was setting boundaries. Right. Uh, I remember there was a time as his phone buzzes right now. There was a time uh, in not too long ago where we'd be in class and you'd get a phone call and you'd kind of leave class to take the phone call. And I think for entrepreneurs, it is super challenging to set those boundaries between work and life. And it's so easy to let things bleed into each other. Right. And I think. Not everybody, but the rest of the world has come to appreciate that a little bit more this last year with so many people working from home. Uh, those lines get blurred a bit. And that's one thing me personally, I know I struggled with was, you know, answering emails and calls on weekends. And it really does take a lot of self-discipline to stop that because that's not a habit that's a st- sustainable long-term, right? The one thing we always preach about at the gym is, what you do today should work next week, should work next month, should work next year. And so that is one thing I think you've done a tremendous job at kind of improving is setting those boundaries. Um, now, has it was that an easy switch to flip for you or? No, it's something that I've actually been working on through the summer because uh, my girlfriend says that I can't shut it off where if I'm in the city, I'm work is always there. If my yeah. phone rings, it you know, could be an emergency and I have to go. Um, we just recently bought a trailer and to get up there and kind of let loose and not have my phone on me all the time. That's, yeah. it's a big thing and it's definitely good for mental health. Then even for the gym, just to come, is it that hard to spend, you know, an hour and 15 minutes and not have my phone on and, you know, people can wait. So, Yes, I've been working on that because it, you do need that disconnect from work. It can't be 24-7. Right. All the time. Absolutely. Did yeah. you live that way and for how long? Um, it's been a while. Even before I had my own company, I was working for someone, but it was kind of like my own company where I was still on call 24-7 and it's, you know, if someone's trying to get hold of me and they can't, then people are relying on me. So it's... But to have a grace period, like it doesn't need to be, you know, I'll get back to you in 30 seconds. It could be 30 minutes. If it's an emergency, people will wait, you know, it's. Yeah. And there is just, I've always been kind of right away, go get it done. But it's not good for me and it's not good for the people around me. Yeah. So it's, so yes, I've been working on that and for the gym, you know, I want to focus on the gym when I'm here and do that at a hundred percent. So if that means, you know, not answering the phone or turning it off then that's what it is. Right. And I think for a lot of people that actually sets you up for more success in the future, because if you're answering calls, if you're working 24 seven, the quality of work that you do will drop, right? It's not going to be as good. Um, you're not going to be able to, you know, 
do the high quality of work that, you know, is required of your job. So I think that that boundary is important, right? Uh, you know, it's like the day of Sabbath, a day of rest that we're all supposed to have. And yeah. giving yourself that grace period is like one of the best things I think anybody can do, but especially, you know, self-employed people um, like yourself. It's a good thing to kind of instill into your life. Yeah. So let me pivot here. So my next question, because um, I always find it curious to know people's backstory a little bit. So how did you get into like refrigeration? Like what did, so you, I'm assuming this, is this something you did right out of high school? No, nope, I worked for the government right out of high school. Really? A government worker, Joe, I never yeah. would have guessed it. I worked for the Canadian Space Agency. I worked on Canada Arm Tomb before it went up. Really? Yeah, and wow. that was, did that till my early 20s and I just decided that I, didn't want to be in an office. I wanted to be doing something with a little bit more intensity, I guess, or right. labor intensity. And so I quit and ended up doing refrigeration. And I, I love it. It's my passion. And I get satisfaction out of fixing things. And so it's not for everybody, but it was for me. Like I, could have almost probably been retired right now. Right. I stayed with the government. I was, I was going to ask you, so that's a hard thing to do, get rid of the golden handcuffs, as they like to call it. What? So was it the fact that you were doing more desk work, or what was it that caused you to make that leap from work on Canada's second arm to uh, running your own business? Um, I don't know. It was When it's busy, it's busy there, and it was great, and the stuff that we got to work on, and, and super cool stuff mm-hmm. but when it was slow it's the government you literally just sit in your office and do nothing right and that was too young and full of too much energy to be sitting around doing nothing so right. and some people can do that just i can't so you gotta get up and go so i started looking and i ended up taking a pay cut to do this and of course <laughs> and no, I never, never turned back. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's awesome. So how long have uh, you owned your own uh, business now for? Uh, three and a half years I've been with the company that I worked for before. Three of us left and started this company, and I worked there for almost 10. 10 years. Yeah. Okay, so you've been in the industry for about 13 years now? Uh, no, because before that I worked at a company that the three of us worked at for probably seven years so I've been doing it for almost 20 oh wow yeah awesome yeah there was you know a little bit of out of high school I kind of shuffled around and then kind of went right into the government and then did that for a couple of years had kids and then quit right so it was it was a challenge but it worked out in the end yeah that's awesome yeah and so um Kind of shifting a little bit over to your athletic background. So um, you've been training with us for a couple of years now, um, but as an athlete, like where did fitness and like sport and health start for you? Um, well, definitely in high school, I was very athletic, very competitive. I like to play every sport and be the best at it. But then after high school, I kind of dropped off. Having kids was, you know, that's priority one and kind of put 
all the other stuff kind of on the back burners. And then it wasn't until I was, I think, 32 that I started CrossFit. And that was the first gym that I'd ever been to. I'd never been to any other gym. And definitely intense. I guess when I started at CrossFit Closer, it was they were super small and it was you know one to two people per class um so it wasn't so um, intimidating but as it got bigger and bigger and then they moved and it got bigger and there's just so many people that small family kind of community was more of a i don't know it just wasn't for me and it was for a lot because they had a lot of members there which was which was great but um, started there and then when you opened up here I came here and this is more more of a family more you know the same people it's it's a lot more um, of a small community I guess you'd say right and the hey. people that I've met here some some I've known some I haven't known which is um, which is great um, I find the staff here very passionate uh, about what they do and that's to me is something that I, I really enjoy to see people almost like myself that I'm very passionate for my job and yeah. I like to do the best that I can do and I see that here um, so that's another you know, good reason why I like to come here. And you, you weren't with us because of the looks, because our old gym was not the prettiest spot. It was uh, my parents' garage, cobwebs, little, little washroom, but it, it was a community. And so let me ask you about that. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Adam and what they do over there at CrossFit Closer. I think it's awesome. Um, from a training standpoint, we are a little bit different than them. I think we put a little bit less emphasis on the competitive aspect of it. Like we really look at health and fitness as a long-term thing. Yeah. Um, and what is it about our training style that you enjoy? Um, I find maybe it's not as intimidating and you know, that's a big thing for people trying to join a gym. Um, they come in they see this, they see the weights, they see, you know, strong athletes like it's, Joe Carboni it's intimidating to say like you know maybe yeah I need to work out for four months before I join it's like you don't and when I started I kind of just jumped in and, and did it but again even last month that I came it's every time you stop and start coming to the gym it's like starting over and it's hard to get consistent mm -hmm. and um, the more you come the more easier it gets I guess yeah and you know I always say this like the heaviest weight in the gym is the front door right yes. there's, there's, there's plenty of days where you know life gets busy you have work you have stuff with your kids whatever might be happening and it's tough to get into the gym but if you can get through that front door um, there's very few times we've had people walk through the door and you know not go through a workout so if you, i always say to people get through that front door and then that's your biggest hurdle and we really do try and take care of the rest you don't have to worry about what the workout is you just show up and the coach kind of takes you through the rest and so one of the reasons i really wanted to kind of get you on to chat about how you've been consistent is because 
Um, maybe I'm biased because I have a business as well, but I do know how hard it can be for business owners um, to make fitness a regular part of their life, right? To make it something they can do, you know, Monday to Friday. And you're not here six days a week, seven days a week. And one thing we always talk about is be consistent, not heroic, right? And yeah. finding a routine that works for you. And because your job is so laborious, it's important that your fitness adds to it and doesn't take away from it. Have you found the gym has made your job easier? A hundred percent that it's, um, my job is very labor intensive. I do have to carry very heavy things, long distances sometimes, sometimes up ladders. So yes, being stronger, being a little bit more, um, have a little bit more cardio definitely goes a long way from my job. Um, I've always had bad knees. I find when I go to the gym consistently, everything just kind of gets a little bit better. Um, like all my joints, I guess the muscles around them are getting stronger, which definitely helps um, on my job. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things that people look at the gym and they're like, oh, like, I'm afraid to get started because I'm worried about getting hurt. I'm worried about, you know, throwing my back out or busting my knees up. And we, we really do try and encourage people in the way we do our onboarding program here is we ease people into it, right? We don't throw them into the fire. And I think that is a great way to make sure your fitness facilitates your job and doesn't pull away from it. It's very, very rare that people who train regularly, um, you know, have workplace injuries, um, uh, get sick. And I, I really do think that um, that is one of the best things you can do to make yourself a better employee or entrepreneur is taking care of your health. So the next question for you, um, is there anything like exercise or movements that when you first started training, um, you said to yourself, I'll never be able to do that. Or I could never imagine doing that, that you're able to do now. I don't think there's any movement that I said I wouldn't be able to do. There's definitely movements that I can't do that I used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think anything's possible to, you know, if you put your mind to it. Right. Um, when I first started, yes, there was just like a snatch was watching people do it looked normal. But when I started, it felt so awkward. And yeah. Like, <laughs> First couple times are always rough. Yeah. So it's same with the clean and jerk. It just felt like I was kind of jumping and lifting the bar in this weird way. But practice, practice, practice. And then it just feels right eventually. And again, consistency you come pull-ups, muscle-ups. I used to be able to do them, but I can't now. But again, it's coming back to the gym. Eventually, I think I should be able to do them again. It's just staying consistent. And it's tough with COVID that, you know, the gym being closed, and it feels like after I get that motivation to come consistently, we get shut down. And then it's... <laughs> Hopefully, know, we're done with that. Then it's back to square one. And then trying to motivate myself to do that again and again, you know, there's only so many times people can keep doing it. It's not easy to, mm -hmm. to, to do that. And 
I definitely feel for the people that, you know, struggle to go to the gym because it's, again, getting over that hump where it's not a chore. It feels good and you miss it out. You miss out if you don't go to the gym that day, you feel that like you really missed out where when you first start, you're, you're kind of forcing yourself to go to get to that point. To that point, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I think isn't really happening in the national conversation. Like every time we do these lockdowns, every time we do these closures, how much it hurts people's physical and mental health, right? Not being able to get into the gym, the demotivating thing of, you know, falling off track with your goals and having to come back onto it because that is something that's deflating, right? Um, and I think that is one of the reasons why we are big proponents of the concept of consistency, right? And because it is going to be through those habitual habits of coming back day after day that you get back on the wagon. And one of the tough things to do is not compare yourself to the person you were five years ago, 10 years ago. It's something that I wrestle with myself, right? I was a high level athlete. I played collegiate football, almost played professionally. And you know, if I look back to the guy who I was when I was 22 and I was lifting a couple hundred pounds, yeah. I would be constantly benching, marking myself versus a version of myself that I no longer am. I think it's important that we, when we're in the gym, we look at ourselves in the context of who we are now, right? You're not 22 anymore. You're not, uh, you know, you have a lot of responsibility that you didn't have five years ago. And so, you know, balancing that compassion, you know, that's, you know, because, you know, we all know we're our own hardest critic. Nobody's harder on Joe Carboni than Joe Carboni. Yeah. And maybe his girlfriend, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's, you know, these closures have been deflating. And I think the one thing that does impress me is like the resilience of our members to come back and get back into the gym. And, you know, the first couple weeks, months, you know, they don't feel as good as they did when you were, you know, um, here consistently. But that is, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, the true test of somebody is not when things are sunshine and rainbows it's can you come back from those tough times can you come back from those adversities and i think you know we'd all love to say we've never missed a day in our life but what really impresses me is the people who have fallen off the wagon but are able to get back and try and make it consistent which i think you've done a very good job at hopefully it it stays like that and i think a lot of the the athletes here kind of through COVID worked out at home, which there's a reason why I come here because I'll never push myself that much at home or mm-hmm. at any other gym. And not to say it was easier for them to come back, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard when you're come consistently for two or three months and you start seeing results and then it's shut down and that's, it's, yeah. it, it is very depressing and unmotivating and then have to do it all over and again it's only been a month of really consistency and I want to keep that up but then that's going to bring us into you know mid-January and then then what if COVID is strong again they shut down it's it's you hear that Doug Ford <clears throat> you, can, you can only <laughs> do it so many times before yeah. you just kind of give up yeah well I think it's a it's I I hope uh it's a cost-benefit analysis right they with each success of lockdown and closures like 
know, people losing their livelihoods, their businesses, their physical, mental health. I think right now we're at the point as a society where that trade-off is no longer worth it. We know, yeah. we know enough about treatments. We know enough about the virus. We know enough about the risks that it's no longer worth it. But I want to pivot here a little bit. So advice. So I'm going to ask for two pieces of advice here. So let's say you have um, an entrepreneur, somebody maybe who's in their early 30s. They just started their own trade. Um, they're working 100-hour weeks, and they're saying to themselves, I don't have time for the gym. I don't have time to exercise. What advice might you give to that person or a younger Joe that feels like they don't have time for their own health and training they're they're you know knee deep into their trade um because that is a tough spot to be and you've been there so what advice might you give to that young uh person in trades who is starting their own business or works for another company and just doesn't feel like they have time to get into the gym um i think you know the gym personal life everything you have to make time Mm -hmm. you can only sustain that for so long yeah before either you have a mental breakdown or you just physically can't do it anymore and to make time people think the gym is a place to go and for me it's more of a place to kind of release and I feel more energetic when I leave yeah um so it's not like I'm coming here to deplete yourself <laughs> yeah, like to exert myself I am but I'm not it's like a different thing for me where some people maybe that sit at a desk all day they come here to let out some steam and that's not what I do it's like I'm here almost to get more energy yeah almost to relax yeah um, so no anybody starting their own company or, or working crazy like yes there are some times where it has to be done yeah but it can't happen all the time because it it won't last either you're going to fail or something mentally is going to happen because it yeah you need you need time time for family time for the gym friends yeah. that nice sports car you have yeah <laughs> you need some you time yeah absolutely and i think I think the one thing you touched on there, which is a lot of people don't realize until you start exercising regularly, is it actually is something that'll boost your energy. You have these hormones that get released in your body, and oftentimes, you know, that four o'clock lull that we feel, if you can get through a workout, you're going to have be more energized on the back half of it. Um, I feel that probably two to three times a week. Yeah. That driving here, I'm like, I'm tired. I just, maybe I should stay home. But then when I leave here, I feel good and I'm so glad that I came. And once you can pass that and tell the little guy on your shoulder to <laughs> mind his own business, <laughs> it is. It's just forcing yourself to come. And once you can do that, eventually it's it turns into you're not forcing yourself. You're doing it because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes less of a less of a have to and more of a get to. I think that's a big piece of it. One thing, um, so Arden's doing a lot of research right now on motivation. And one thing that's pretty constant is action comes before motivation. 
And so, you know, there's so many days where we wake up, we don't feel like going to work, we don't feel like going to the gym, we don't feel like doing, you know, laundry, whatever it might be. But if you can start the action, the motivation comes, right? And so, you know, on those days where you're not tired, again, you just tell yourself, just show up. The heaviest weight's the front door. And you know what, you might get in that front door and not feel like it, but then the warm-up starts, you know, you're five minutes into the warm-up, you're like, mm, I don't know if I wanna be here, but you know, you're in a class environment, so you, you keep going um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and oftentimes we find that motivation eventually does hit us. And so that action before motivation is important, right? And I think if we understand that, like, yes, I don't feel motivated, but I know that motivation will come once I take steps one through three. Yeah. Do you find that with yourself? Yes, 100%. I find it is the action. Even on the way here, I know that it's, I'm tired, but I know when I leave, it's going to be well worth it. Um, one thing I didn't say before either, um, the passion that the coaches have, but also the people that come here mm -hmm. make it very positive for everybody in here, whether you're new or, or old. Um, it's a very positive atmosphere, and I think that's why most of the athletes enjoy it so much. Not so much competitiveness, but it's mm -hmm. very positive, and it's good to have that when you're struggling, and definitely motivates you to keep going, going harder and keep coming back. So let me ask you, you say athletes, so are we like talking about 25 year old professional hockey players or like when you say athlete, who is an athlete to Joe Carboni? Well, I only say that because that's the way you call us. I don't really yeah. consider myself an athlete. I <laughs> consider myself a member of this gym. Um, but I find I don't know, ever since I first started, I'm not the most um, complimentary person. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like negative, but I'm not super positive. But being in that environment, it makes me be more positive towards other people and, you know, cheer them on where before I would never, never do that. You know, right. it's not like that, but, you know, you kind of learn and mm -hmm. people do it to you, so you do it to other people and it's, it's, it's definitely good if someone's not you know behind you saying you know it's a little bit longer keep pushing then you know you don't push as hard but if someone's there you do and it's yeah where you, you think you can't but you can yeah and yeah it's, it's motivating absolutely absolutely well and i think one thing like you talked about like growing up you were athletic you did every sport under the sun in high school and oftentimes what happens is like we finish high school and then we stop playing sports. We stop having activities. And I think we forget and we underestimate just how important teams are in our lives or tribes are, or communities are. And yeah. I think if done well, the gym can be one of your biggest support networks. If done poorly, it can definitely be pathological. And I've seen that in a lot of places. And that's something we're very conscious of as coaches, right? We make sure that when you know when we're working out and it's you and me, it's not you versus me, it's you with me. Yeah. Right. I want to do well, and I'm gonna push myself, and I'm gonna push myself beside Joe, and Joe's gonna push himself because he sees me working hard. 
And I'm not upset to see Joe lift five pounds more than me. I'm happy to see him, but because he lifted five pounds more than me, I push myself to do a little bit better. And it's, there's a big difference between working out against and working out with something, somebody. And we do a really good job, uh, yourself in particular, with like motivating each other and making sure that I want you to succeed and I want me to succeed. And I think that's, it's, it's, like, it's almost like a team sport in that sense where you want your teammates yes. to do well, except the opponent is the, you know, the, the barbell or the, uh, the bike. Or for a lot of people, it's the bike. The clock. The clock. Yeah, it's, it is definitely motivating to have, you know, I tend to work out with, with Mikey a lot and he's very motivated. He's, you know, very positive. He's not very competitive. Um, but I always strive to kind of be as good as him. Mm -hmm. and if he wasn't there, would I push myself as hard? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, people that are better is not the word but better than me makes me want to push harder to be better mm -hmm. um. and I think that's a that's, that's something that people have to be careful with because like one of my favorite quotes and I say this to people all the time is like the only person you need to compare yourself to is the guy you were yesterday but at the same time you use the people around you to push yourself um, yeah. You know, I say this to people all the time, like when you're in the gym and, you know, let's say you're working out and you repeat a workout that you did six months ago and maybe you're able to complete the workout in two minutes less. Huge accomplishment, big pat on the back, but then you look at the person beside you and they finished five seconds quicker than you and then you're like, oh damn, like I was doing good, but Joe beat me by five seconds. You rob yourself of those little victories when you compare yourself against other people. But when you compare yourself against the guy you were yesterday, I think that's where the real success happens. And not looking too far into the past, not looking to the future, but using the people around you to go quicker, to motivate yourself, um, and then benchmarking yourself against yesterday. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I... I do tend to, after I've done a workout, whether I'm, you know, first, last, in the middle, you know, I can tell if I push myself hard enough or yeah. if, you know, I could have maybe done this a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's not about winning or losing for me. It's, mm -hmm. I, I do know it's, if someone finished, you know, three minutes faster than me, then, you know, I think about ways that I could have improved to a little bit better a little bit more consistent I guess but it is more in the end just for me it's not for yeah you versus it, you it's not we're not winning anything here no no I don't give out any trophies for finishing the workout first that's for sure um, so one last question I wanted to ask you and then uh, you got a class to warm up for <laughs> um, two questions maybe so Entrepreneurs aside, um, oftentimes people, when they come to the gym, they're like, uh, like, I've been thinking about this for six months, but I'm not fit enough to join yet. Or I just want to, you know, get a little bit more in shape or I'm fearful. What would you say to those people who are apprehensive to get started? They don't think they're fit enough. They don't think they're ready. What would you say to them? Well, it's funny because that's exactly what I said. 
when I, when I started because I just saw what they did and I'm like I can't I can't do that so I need to start you know prepping myself to come into this mm-hmm. um, the coach at the time said that's nonsense just come in and try a class and you'll see that you can do it um, that's the good thing about this gym is we can all do the same workout mm-hmm. at different weights different capacities different but we're all doing the exact same thing yeah. or something that's modified to that same thing. Yeah. Um, that's what I like. That's what makes us all feel the same, that we're mm-hmm. all doing the same, even if, you know, someone's lifting 500 pounds and someone's lifting a hundred pounds. It's, yeah. It feels the same for the person that's lifting a hundred that it does for the person that's lifting 500. It's just, they're stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, it's more just giving it a try and it's getting through the front door and it's tough but in the end yes I was sore but I was like oh it wasn't so bad yeah there's movements that are definitely kind of awkward and challenging but you gotta practice you gotta practice everything before you can get good at it Mm -hmm. and that's a big piece of like our onboarding program right it's getting people ready it's showing them how to do things safely before they jump into class to really make that transition as smooth as possible. Okay, last question for you. Uh, is there something that we don't know about Joe that we should have asked? Is there, you know, do you, are you part of some secret cult or club or is there like a tattoo that you wanted to bring up on the podcast? Or what is one thing I didn't ask you that I should have? Um... No, I don't really hide too much. What uh, what you see is what you get with me. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not a different person when I'm at work or when I'm at the gym or when I'm with my parents. I'm the same person all the time. So no, I don't really have any secrets. Although I am part of that secret society <laughs> that I can't talk about. But can't talk about that on a podcast. <laughs> um, no, I don't have any secrets or secret questions that you should have asked. So, if members want to meet Mr. Carboni, see it, put a face to the voice, uh, what class time do you normally go to? Uh, 4.15. Yeah. And how many days a week? Uh, I try to come five, but if I can get four, I'm happy with that. Any, yeah. Anything less than that, I'm not so happy. Okay, well, we'll work on that. Three, three's still a win in my books, and uh, you know, in the really busy weeks, two's fine, but I'll take that. Um, well, thank you for coming on, Joe. Uh, that was a, a great podcast. It was great to learn a little bit more of your backstory, and I had no idea you worked on the, you know, the Canadian Arm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's quite a laboratory in there, off in Shirley's Bay. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Awesome. Well, you get warmed up for class. It is go time, and uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. Thank you. Squad press, you could hang clean.